children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey, with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God.
sure makes your heart feel happy. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. after Esther became queen, it happened that two of the king's servants met secretly near the gate of the palace. I tell you, I can't stand it any longer. The king is treating me shamefully. Only yesterday, he humiliated me in front of the Egyptian ambassador. He had me whipped for forgetting to send up fresh pears for his breakfast. Let's kill him. Not so loud. I despise the king. So do I. Then you'll help me assassinate the king? You can count on me, Big Fan. plot of the two servants was overheard, and the thing became known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, who advised the king thereof. And the two chamberlains were hanged on a tree, and the thing was written in the book of the Chronicles before the king. Meanwhile, the power of Haman, the king's chief advisor, grew from day to day. Fear stirred the heart of every man who knew Haman, for they knew that he would misuse his power because his vanity was matched only by his cruelty. Strutting like a peacock, Haman delighted in seeing the people bow low before him wherever he passed. Ah, Back and forth, up and down. Will Haman never weary of seeing us eat the dust of the street? I scraped my nose on a stone. It feels like a piece of raw meat. Ah, The sun will soon cook it to perfection. Why can't he be satisfied with a bow from the waist? Oh, not Haman. He demands the full court bow. I thought it was reserved exclusively for the king. Ah, It was, till now. Oh, no, he's turning this way again. Haman's face became hard as a stone when he saw that one old man, Mordecai, did not even pretend to bow. Mordecai, you're a fool to trifle with Haman. He'll not let your defiance go unpunished. It is wrong to give such worship to any man. A double injustice to such as Haman. (laughs) It's not so hard, as long as the heart remains unbowed. To bow to Haman is to bow to greed and cruelty. I, for one, cannot afford your company, old man. Nor I. If your pride will not let you bend to Haman's power, then for your own safety, stay out of his path. Pride. Stubborn pride. Uh, Too proud to bend his neck. (laughs) Thou knowest, Lord that it is neither in contempt nor pride nor for any desire of glory that I do not bow down to Haman. For I could be content for the salvation of Israel to kiss the soles of his feet. But I do this, that I might not prefer the glory of man above the glory of God. Neither will I worship any but thee. Day after day, Haman found an excuse to parade past Mordecai. Each time, the old man managed to look the other way. The sight of Mordecai standing erect when all others bowed low was more than Haman could endure. Day after day, his thirst for vengeance grew. How I hate that man, Mordecai. Why won't he bow to me like everyone else? 
I suppose it's because he's an Israelite. Well, I'll teach him a lesson he'll never forget. I'll have him put to death. I'll have every Israelite in the whole of Persia put to death. <laughs> and I know just how to go about it, too. What? You say someone conspires against me, Haman? Uh, yes, Your Majesty. Who dares to conspire against me? Uh -huh. Tell me, Haman. Are they within these walls? Oh, Your Majesty, it's hard to be certain. <laughs> but it's perhaps beyond the palace oh. gate where the real trouble speak lies. Speak not in riddles. Your Majesty, it's possible that I'm too hasty speak, to convince. Speak, speak, uh, uh, There's a certain race of people scattered among the provinces of your kingdom whose laws and customs are different from those of Persia. Uh. Nor do they keep the laws of the king. No one can break my laws. No one. These accursed people are treacherous leeches who live off the mis fortunes of your loyal subjects. Oh. They cause dissension and plant seed of rebellion wherever they settle. Rebellion. They take no part in our great religious observances. What? They do not offer sacrifices to the gods of Persia. Oh. Why, even now they laugh at the gracious king who showed them refuge and royal protection in our glorious Persia. And for your kindness and mercy, they give in return hatred, intrigue, and rebellion. Enemies. Enemies. Why was I not informed? No, I'm too trusting, giving all my subjects equal love and if, care. If it, uh, if it please the king, uh, let it be written that they may be destroyed. I will pay 10,000 talents of silver for the, uh, the privilege. Do with the traitors what you will. Here is my signet ring. Ah. You have my full authority. <laughs> thank you, your majesty. Thank Haman succeeded in tricking the king into giving him permission to put to death every Israelite, whether man, woman, or child, throughout the whole Persian Empire. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Three, four. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye.
What do you want, Carlos? I'm in a hurry. I just wanted to know that I did what you told me to do. That's unusual. I started praying to God. Well, who else would you pray to? Wait, you don't understand. He's not listening. Kind of like you right now. Okay, I'm sorry. Talking to God is important, and I should listen to you, even if I am in a hurry. Why isn't God listening to you? I don't know. I told him what I needed, and nothing happened. Like yesterday, I prayed that I'd get a good grade on my history test. I got a C minus. Did you study? Well, yeah, a little. Well, not much. Okay, no. And you thought God would just pop the answers into your head because why? Because I asked. I asked nicely. Carlos, God isn't Santa Claus. He doesn't come down the chimney and leave good grades lying around. Dora, Santa Claus isn't real. You know that, don't you? Yes, I know that. I'm saying that God doesn't just give you stuff. It's like my dad tells me. When you ask God for something, he doesn't say yes or no. He usually says, here's how. After you ask for a good grade, was there a little voice in your head saying, you might want to study your history lessons? Hey, yeah, I heard that voice. Didn't listen. Well, there you go. Next time you pray, sit and listen for a while. God's probably trying to tell you what you need to do. Now, if you'll excuse me. Thanks, Dora. You're a good friend, even if you got an A on that test. I listened. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. cross for us. But then what? 
Are you sure you're ready for the answer? That's the part about the earthquake and the angel. And the grave closed with nobody in them. Nobody. Get it? There was nobody. Nobody? But how did Jesus get out of the tomb? Well, the answer's in Matthew 28. Will you read it for us? In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. I wish I could have seen that with my very own eyes. After all that, you'll think that everybody would understand who Jesus is. Jesus is the only person who never, ever sinned. That's because Jesus is more than just a man. Jesus is the Son of God who came to be the Savior of the world. Yes, but a lot of people don't know that. I think we'd better start telling people. Wow, that reminds me of the trickle-down theory. God loved us and sent His Son. We accept Him and tell our neighbors who tell their neighbors who tell their neighbors. Who tell their neighbors who tell their neighbors. Till the whole world has heard the good news of Jesus. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 8, Rustler's Cove. Mr. Jake, why do they call this place Rustler's Cove? Sammy asked while looking around at the beach where they had just docked. Rattlesnake River made almost a U-turn right here in the river, and tall bushes marched right up to the riverbank. Behind the bushes, rocky cliffs rose like walls on both sides of the river. 
Yeah, Mr. Jake, Chris chimed in. Cattle rustlers could hide here, but how could they get the cows here? Float them down the river? Well, it seems they weren't rustling cattle, Jake said, his eyes twinkling. Seems they were rustling gold. Gold? Willie rolled his wheelchair over to join the group. Chris scratched his head. You mean they found gold in this river? Nope. They stole it from the folks who did. Then they hid it here. Here? Maria looked around at the high cliffs. Where could they hide anything here? You just walk yourself over to that bush with the dead wood sticking out of the top. The kids ran over to the bush. It was covered with berry vines and stood twice as tall as any of them. Mmm! Chris stuffed his mouth full of the juicy blackberries. They're good, Jenny said, eating one at a time. Did they hide gold in the blackberry bushes? Maria liked the berries but was more interested in the rustlers. Jake picked up a stick and used it to pull aside the vines. Anybody want to see what's behind them bushes? The kids saw a hole cut in the vines. Chris and Sammy dropped to their knees and began to scramble along the low path. When they disappeared, Maria heard their voices loud and clear. Wow, look at this, Sammy, Chris said. Yeah, but look over here. This one's bigger. Dee Dee was curious, too. Wait for me. Come on, Jenny, Maria said. We may as well go, too. Jake turned and noticed Willie sitting in his wheelchair. I should have made that hole a mite bigger the last time I worked on it. Then you could roll through it. Oh, that's okay, Willie said, looking down. They'll tell me about it. Jeff, Jake called. When Jeff trotted up, Jake pointed at Willie. Do you suppose you can hoist that young man up onto your shoulders so he can see over? You're about the tallest thing around here unless there's a stray giraffe I don't know about. On Jeff's shoulders, Willie could see the kids exploring along the base of the cliff. Hey, Chris, he yelled. What's that dark hole? It's a cave, and there's another one over there, Chris called back, pointing to another dark hole. Caves, Mrs. Shue asked. Are they safe? Safe as a flea behind Bonzo's ear, Jake answered. They only go in about five or six feet, but I thought the kids would like them. Back in them little caves, Jake told Willie and Mrs. Shue, the rustlers chipped out some little holes where they put the gold. Then they piled rocks in front of the holes so nobody would notice them. After supper, the evening was spent singing and telling stories around the campfire. The kids missed Bonzo and half expected him to come loping into camp. Hey, everybody, Jake said to get their attention. Tomorrow we have to get an early start, so bring all your gear to the wrap before breakfast. You'll have to hop to it or Jeff will have your tent down before you're out of bed. The kids groaned about getting up early but soon settled down again to sing campfire songs for a while before heading to their tents. Maria ignored Chris as much as she could. She also decided she didn't want to ride with Chris on the way home. While everyone was saying goodnight and going to the tents Jeff had set up, Maria went to Mr. Teller. Mr. Teller, may I ride back with you in your car, please? Sure you can. We have plenty of room. He paused and then added, I take it you haven't ironed things out with your brother yet. Not yet, she mumbled and ran to her tent. The story you've heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book 11, Rattlesnake River Adventure, written by Sandy Zog, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 
Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.